Hey, this is Before the Show, and my guest today is David Sutherland. Thanks for joining us. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. I am joined with a guest host today. My business partner, Dave, is in the house. Greetings. Thanks, Dave, for that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, have you ever been asked to do a, an interview before a show before, David? Uh, no, I mean, I've done a couple podcasts, but not like an interview for a specific show. What do you think of the idea? Uh, I mean, I think it is a good promotion technique. Yeah, <laughs> We're trying to hype people up, get them out to the show, maybe get them used to who you are before they come see you. Oh, God. They don't want to know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. How long have you been doing stand-up? Um, a little bit over a year. Uh, I started uh, over in Royal Oak at uh, Mark Ridley's. Oh, nice. That's a hell of a place to start out. Well, I mean, you just take the classes there. I mean, you, all you have to do is pay $200 and they'll teach you how to do it. <laughs> wow. That's, that almost sounds kind of disappointing to the trade a little bit. <laughs> no. Become no, a stand-up like, comedian uh, for 200 bucks. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm simplifying it. It, it. It's basically you pay for a workshop and uh, they teach you a lot of beginner skills. So that's nice. How'd you get into doing comedy? Well, literally, uh, I just, I love watching, uh, you know, stand-up specials. And I, I wasn't one of those people who was like, oh, I can do that. I was one of those people who was like, there's no way in hell I could ever do that. So, so I literally just took the class to, my goal was to improve my social skills. It wasn't even to start comedy. And then I just like fell in love with it. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, I've I've always been a huge fan of comedy. It's been about 15 years of just absolute love for the people who do it and watching it. And I very rarely see a set that I don't enjoy. And a lot of people think I'm odd because I think just about everything is hilarious. <laughs> well, you're a good audience member, at least. <laughs> I've been told that repeatedly. Um, do you have a specific comedian or somebody who had done stand-up comedy that you like saw live or on television that like inspired you to give it a try um okay so my favorite and i think like the comedian i watched that just makes me very humble has to be john mulaney and he's part of the reason i just thought i couldn't do stand-up but a comedian who made me believe that i could have a chance uh was uh, maria bamford <laughs> it does bring out a bit of inspiration for us all if somebody with that sort of tonality can yeah. be successful even with the sort of jokes that she does um yeah yeah she jokes about like intrusive thoughts and like cutting her family up and stuff and i'm like oh if she can do it i can do it <laughs> how is the experience of doing stand-up comedy different from what you expected it was going to be well, I think uh, a lot of people run into this problem where if you're used to not seeing, like, local live comedy and you're just used to, like, watching specials when you first start, you think you're going to be able to put together these, like, epic, like, 10-minute long, like, jokes with, like, a thousand callbacks, which, like, you can do after a certain point, but, like, it's, no, it's very much, like, you get to the joke when you only have five minutes on stage or whatever it is, you know? 
So, the act of telling jokes itself was a lot more complicated than you had sort of mentally imagined it was going to be, or what you imagined most people imagined it to be. I I think both. Uh, I think that uh, I just, I didn't realize how, like, short amount of time and, like, that you have and how, like, quickly you need to get to the laugh lines and how structured it really is. Yeah, there's a, it can be said to to some extent that there are two types of comedians, comedians who think that uh, five minutes is a long time or comedians who think that five minutes is a really short amount of time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And Um, I mean, hopefully, yeah, go ahead. No, no, what what were you going to say? I said, I mean, I'm one of those people who uh, has like definitely edited the hell out of my jokes where it's like. I don't. I only have a few jokes that are over a minute long, but like, you know, I there. I always will want to get to the point where I can tell like fifteen minute long jokes that work. You know. <laughs> right, right. Do you have a show or set that you've done that sticks out as sort of like, for now, that's the best that it's gotten for me as a comedian. <laughs> well, I mean, so the thing at Ridley's is they have uh, after at the end of the class you have your graduation show so your first like shown comedy is like a sold out room at mark ridley's where everyone is gonna laugh at everything so like you you feel like the shit and then you quickly realize that you are not once you start going to actual open mic (laughs) um but I I don't know. There's there's a handful of ones that I could like. Uh, like a showcase I did with Moist Definitely Productions was one of my favorite sets ever. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to. I try to I try to drink drink away the memories of it all. So. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a do you, do you have a topic that you imagine has become cliche and in the same sort of the other side of the coin is there a topic that you think will always be funny? Um, <laughs> I don't know because I think everything I joke about is cliche, but like, <laughs> uh, um, I think that a, a topic that I joke about a lot that I know is cliche is alcoholism. Um, because, but, uh, I also tell a lot of jokes about like random, like, things about like hip-hop culture and i think that that's a little more unique and i always find that funny you know (laughs) i definitely find hip-hop culture to be hilarious but that's mostly because as a a 29 year old hipster i don't fully understand it (laughs) (laughs) um where do you get the most inspiration from writing jokes for your own set uh i mean Honestly, like, listening to the radio on long drives, like, <laughs> whether it be, like, NPR pieces or, like, like I said, like, hip-hop uh, music. Uh, I, I used to be a pizza delivery boy, and that's where I wrote, like, like 90% of my first, like, 10 minutes that I ever had, you know. Was just on the road delivering pies? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I've been delivering food one way or another for about 10 years, so I totally relate to, like, just being in your head in the car, even with yeah. the radio on, it sometimes doesn't feel like enough stimuli for what you're doing. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, 
with the <laughs> actually sometimes I'll turn the radio up super loud when I'm rehearsing just to like simulate like crowd chatter. <laughs> oh, nice. You have to like, you're creating the willpower to get through people being noisy unnecessarily yeah, during yeah, your set. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty awesome. That's a pretty ingenious thing to think about. Um, do you have somebody in your life, like a, a parent or a sibling or a girlfriend that just doesn't get your material? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think my dad understands my material. I don't think <laughs> most people in my life know what, that, what I'm talking about half the time. But I mean, uh, I don't know. My my ex-girlfriend now was was always very supportive of my comedy and my mom doesn't know what i'm talking about but she thinks it's funny <laughs> my mom also seems to be very supportive that's a cool thing about moms um <laughs> is there a time that you can remember your sense of humor getting you into trouble um literally every time ever like <laughs> i i'm one of those people who uh uh laughs when they're nervous Oh yeah, so, no, totally. I can relate to that entirely. <laughs> yep. I got in trouble in college, like for getting MIPs or something. I used to just like laugh in the police officers' faces, and it did not help my situation out. <laughs> <laughs> it's generally the last thing you want to do is laugh at the police in front of them, like yeah. in their face. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty hilarious. Um, do you have a favorite curse word? Uh, yes, my favorite curse word. I mean, come on, it has to be the C word. Like, oh, just say because... it, dude. It's a podcast. Cunt. <laughs> That's super but funny I... because the the headliner of the show that you're hosting also said yeah. his favorite curse word was cunt. Yeah, no, it's just I love the sharpness of it. That's what I, I mentioned. Yeah, it cuts <laughs> deep. That word, even people who don't understand what it means, are like that. That can't be good. I also just love that in other countries, other like Western countries, they just throw it around like it's nothing and we're, we're like terrified of it in America. Yeah, somebody <laughs> was telling me the other day that uh, in Great Britain, it's like the word shit. Like yeah, it, they just yeah. use it in and out of regular jargon like it's interchangeable and totally unoffensive. Yeah, yeah. Or like in uh, like Scotland and shit like that. Yeah. Well, this has been a fantastic interview, David. I really appreciate you coming out. Um, David Sutherland, everybody's going to be at the Irregular Comedy Show at the Avenue Bar and Grill in Owasso on the 15th of March at 9 o'clock. I hope you guys can come out and check it out. Stay tuned for our next episode of Before the Show. All right. Thanks for having me.